0: dramas. We are your hosts for today, Karen and Kathy. Today, we're here to give a review of the Chinese fantasy drama Till the End of the Moon or Chang Yue Jin Ming. This is a 40-episode drama that started airing on April 6, 2023 on Youku. It was one of the most anticipated dramas of the year, and there has been plenty of heated discussion about this drama, so we also wanted to give our two cents as well. I chased the drama live as it was airing, and now Kathy has finally finished the drama as well. But because she also read the original book, we thought it would be good to give our review and discuss our thoughts on it from different perspectives. This podcast is in English with certain phrases and proper nouns spoken in Mandarin Chinese. We also would love to hear your thoughts on this drama as well, so please reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter or else email us at Karen and Kathy at ChasingDramas.com. For today, we'll provide a plot overview of the drama, give our scores for the show, introduce the characters, and then provide our supporting thoughts for what we liked and didn't like for the show. There will be some spoilers ahead, but we will let you know when there are major spoilers for the show. Additionally, the translations for this drama are largely our own and won't entirely match official translations
1: from Yoku. So let's move on to the plot overview. The devil god or moshen Tan Taijin has the world in his clutches throughout all of the realms. He has resolved to destroy and kill the entire world in order to reign supreme. Li Susu, daughter of the leader of the Hung Yang sect, which is essentially a fairy clan, is left to watch her father and many others die at the hands of Tan Taijin. In a last-ditch attempt, Li Susu is given the opportunity to return back 500 years ago, before Tan Taijin was able to become the devil god and try to prevent his eventual turn to the dark side. Li Susu wakes up as Ye Xi Wu, second daughter of General Ye, with no memory of her life as Ye Xi Wu. Surprisingly, she finds out that she's already married to Tan Jin, who is currently a prince from the neighboring kingdom of Jing. It turns out, Ye Xiu, in this life, is an extremely arrogant and abusive woman, while Tan Jin grew up unloved and basically a hostage in this kingdom. When Li Su, now Ye Xiu, sees Tan Jin, she begins to feel sorry for this feeble and bullied young man. Ye Xi Wu believes that perhaps if Tan Taijin experiences protection and kindness, she can change destiny and prevent him from turning to the devilish ways. She resolves to save his life, which confuses Tan Taijin, but ultimately, he also begins to protect her as well. Despite their differences, Ye Xi Wu and Tan Taijin save each other's lives numerous times. In her quest to see how she can remove Tan Taijin's devil slash demon bone and prevent him from further bloodshed, after he ascends the Jing kingdom throne, the two, along with Xiaoling and Ye Bingchang, are dragged into another world where their lives are once again intertwined.
0: That was a high-level overview of the beginning few episodes of the show. For me, my final score, and this is also written on our website uh, in the written form of my review, is that I give this a 5.8 out of 10. In my view, this is obviously a big budget fantasy drama with impossibly gorgeous costumes and intricate makeup. And gosh, those earrings are so beautiful that this is such a beautiful drama to watch and it's so easy on the eyes. However, poor editing, especially in the final third of the drama, old cliches, and quite honestly infuriating simple conflicts that could have been resolved with communication leave fans and casual viewers extremely frustrated with what could have been a much better drama. I feel like this was quite a waste of all the money spent on such a beautiful production because the end result was more frustrating than delightful.
1: I think maybe perhaps, Karen, our scores are also going to judge this drama a little bit more harshly because of the high expectations that we had for this drama. For my score, I would probably bump this drama up to around a 6.0 because I do (laughs) value the beautiful production a little bit more. But overall, as I was watching this, I was left pretty disappointed, especially as a book reader. A lot of backstory was changed, which meant a lot of motivations were changed as well, which meant as I was watching, I was scratching my head as to why many characters acted the way they did. If you want to watch a drama that is very beautiful, please do watch this drama. You know, it's a sight for sore eyes, but just, I think, don't think too carefully of what you're actually watching then.
0: (laughs) Well, before we go on, let's introduce our cast and, at a very high level, the characters they portrayed. Luo Yunxi is the male lead, and he plays Tan Jin, who is the devil god or demon god. Either way, same thing, Mo Shen, who has unrivaled power that wreaked havoc across the land. As a youth, he was unloved and abused by almost everyone and seen as a bad omen. In this drama, our characters actually uh, have three reincarnations or iterations. So the first one for Luo Yunxi is Tan Taijin. He also then falls into a dream world and plays Ming Mingye. And then finally, he turns into Tang Jiu Ming. For our female lead, Bai Lu, she plays Li Susu the daughter of the Heng Yang sect leader who heads back in time to save the world from Tan Taijin's future destruction and change destiny. But in order to return back in time, she actually wakes up as Ye Xiwu. Wu. So those are her two characters. And then in the dream world, she also becomes Sang Jiu. Next up, we have Chen Ling. She plays Ye Bingchang, the eldest daughter of General Ye, who is kind and beautiful. She is loved by almost all men for her beauty, and she loves the sixth prince, Xiaoling. In this drama, Chen Du Ling also plays Mu Nu and Tian
1: Huan. Next up, we have the second male lead, Deng Wei. He starts off in the show as Gong Ye Ji Wu, who is the elder sect brother to Li Su Su. 500 years ago, he was the sixth prince, Xiaoling, who showed kindness to Tan Taijin, one of the few who did. And then, in a dream state, he portrays Yo. Next up, we have the third lead, uh, third male lead, who is Geng Ye Ting, and he portrays Ye Qingyu. Ye Qingyu is the brother to Ye Xi and Ye Bing Chang. He is a capable general and strict brother who rules the Ye household with an iron fist. Lastly, we have our third female lead, Sun Jin Ni, who portrays the seven-tailed fox demon, Pian Ran. She crossed paths with Ye Qingyu, Ye Xi Wu, and Tan Tai Jin, and has an interesting story which we will definitely talk about.
0: So let's get into some of our thoughts. You know this drama is in trouble when CCTV, the Chinese Central Television itself, says that this drama along with many other fantasy dramas are extremely uh, high interest, but no substance dramas. This drama could have been so much better than the final result and people have been expressing their frustration all over the internet. It's actually quite funny because one of the uh, biggest sayings throughout all of April for this drama is that it is a low which means that it is a very uh, bottom tier drama we did a podcast episode of the drama or for the drama while it was airing and essentially the chase of this drama is one of the most exhausting uh, chases that I've been in for a while and that by the end I really just didn't care I really wanted this drama to be done What I think is really interesting is that the main cast for this drama really wanted to use this drama as another jumping off point, but I do not think this has done the main cast any favors, especially the ladies. Bai Lu and Chen Duling really wanted this to be another stepping stone in their careers, and though I wouldn't say it's backfired entirely, but it certainly has not garnered the same result they wanted. Chen Duoling has been to many red carpet events since the beginning of the airing of this show, yet the sparks are just not there for her. The thing is, this will most likely be Yoku's biggest drama of the year in terms of viewership and interest, but that does not make this drama a great drama by any means. I will say that my final rating is actually kinder than the Doubai rating, which started off at 6.2 and it continued to slide down to now, I think it's 5.6 when the drama finished airing. I really do attribute this more positive outlook to my love of the costumes and also I appreciated Loyancy's acting which we'll talk about a little bit later but the drama is hurt by the amount of spoilers and expectations there were for this drama that didn't make the final cut adding fuel to the fire of fan fury
1: here's my thoughts as well i luckily was able to largely remove myself from all the toxicity on the web not all but most I had read the book right before they announced the filming of the drama, so I didn't know that it was going to be turned into a drama. And what that means is, you know, oftentimes when I'm reading a book, if I know who's portraying a certain character, I'll kind of have a headcanon to say, oh, yeah, I can see X person in this drama. Lo definitely matched my description or thoughts of Tan Taijin. By low, I was at least like, hmm... I don't really see it, but I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. It really didn't turn out for me that way, and we'll talk about it um, with regards to the issues, and I have quite a bit here. When I was reading the book, I thought that the first half of the book was quite gripping, but I kind of lost steam towards the end because I personally didn't think the love story between Tan Taijin and Ye Siwu was healthy. It was quite toxic, and by... The second half of the drama, when they're in their kind of like third lives, I was like this. I don't understand why the two are still all of a sudden like you are my one and only. They got there, but I was like "Eh, kind of the steps to get there were not good at all. One aspect about this drama is that I don't think the drama knew who to focus on. In the book, we squarely focused on Lee Susu's journey, the decisions she made, and her journey towards deceiving Tan Taijin to, you know, make sure that he doesn't turn into that devil god. She really took her mission to heart and tried everything to succeed. And then in that course of doing so, fell in love with Tan Taijin. Hantazin in the book as well, was much colder, and we couldn't really understand a lot of his motivations. I think in this book, sorry, I think in this drama, they really tried to mellow Tan Ze's character down so that he is this, you know, just bullied character who didn't know any love. And then that's the way he turned out. I think that was a ok choice, but I wish that we really saw the redemption from I feel like in the drama, he never really was that evil. So I didn't really see like, oh, my gosh, when he turned to the devil God of like, why is it that everybody was freaking out? (laughs) With that, let's
0: talk about what my issues were with the drama. And there were quite a few. Fair warning, there are major spoilers ahead. First and foremost, I had issue with the very immature relationships uh, that are cliched and infuriating between especially the main couple. The main couple, Li Su Su or Ye Si Wu and Tan Tai Jin fall into the common traps of one, not trusting each other whatsoever, and two, not communicating their issues. This made for an extremely exhausting chase of their love story when oftentimes (laughs) I really just wanted to yell at the screen that they just needed to talk. While I understand why they don't trust each other, for Li Su Su, she cannot let the future of the world fall on luck that Tan Taijin won't turn into the devil god and Tan Taijin for his part he was abused so heavily his entire life that he is essentially a commitment phobe and has major trust issues so much of the conflicts in this drama could have been alleviated if they just communicated.
1: I loved
0: love loved the cute scenes that they had together but for drama purposes their relationship was built off of so much hurt then reconciliation, and then further hurt, then I'm worried what kind of message this drama is giving about relationships for viewers. Hint, it's not very healthy. Uh, I think they try to actually calm down a lot of the abusive tendencies in this drama, but for me, I'm like even though it can be heart-wrenching and you can be romantic that Lee Susu's love can change Tan Taijin. For a lot of this drama, I was like, mm, this is not healthy. If you're 15 years old watching this and thinking this is what healthy relationships are, mm, this is not it. I do struggle with how manipulative both people uh, are. So the, both Lee Susu and Tan Taijin are in this drama to each other. And viewers,
1: please do not <laughs> mirror this in your personal relationships. This is also what I was alluding to earlier when I was talking about having kind of lost interest in the book. We really get a mellowed down version in this particular drama of what is shown in the book of how intense a lot of these kind of manipulations are. So towards the end, especially in the second half, when Tan Taijin goes on a murderous rampage, it's like, sure, maybe at the end of the day, he was trying to save everyone, but that does not excuse you to, I don't know, commit a lot of the atrocities that you did in the name of I I would say love or saving the world.
0: What else didn't I like? Well, there were a lot of low effort schemes that caused major damage, but in my opinion really should not have. So several conflicts happened were so uh, quote unquote low level that it's because we've been watching so many palace historical dramas that if these schemes were placed in those palace dramas, these schemes would have been immediately resolved. At some points in the show, the cast is on point with their intelligence, like uh, Tan Taijin is able to see through when someone is scheming uh, or trying to manipulate him. And then in other parts, they immediately fall victim to the simplest of schemes, primarily because they don't trust each other. I'm like Zhen Huan or Wei Ying Luo would have retaliated in two seconds or saw through these acts immediately. So why Tan Taijin and Ye Xiu are you so blind? The fact that Ye Chang was able to come in and cause issues in their relationship so easily just means that this relationship between Tan Jin and Nye Xiwu is just extremely, extremely fragile. There is a growth trajectory through the drama, which I understand where the uh, writers are trying to go for this. But for much of the drama, I just wanted them to be a little bit more grown up and like talk things out.
1: I think this really, really does play out in the dream state of Sheng where the character of Huan, who is jealous between or jealous of the relationship between Minye and Sangjiao, just comes in and says, you know what? So-and-so doesn't want to talk to you, so please avoid him. And or so-and-so doesn't want to talk to you, so please avoid her. And then they basically spend a whole episode not seeing each other. In the drama, I was like, wait, so we all believe this one character for what reason? (laughs) Why don't you guys just talk to each other? You guys are gods, for example. Like you guys are literal gods. Can you guys please talk?
0: (laughs) I just felt like a lot of these issues were such high school level uh, relationship challenges that it's like you guys have lived for hundreds of years or thousands of years. Please learn to talk. Shifting to an overall tone perspective, I thought this drama had a massively inconsistent tone. The drama did some episodes well when focused on the relationship between the main leads, aka the sweet and cute portions, but in one episode you could be squealing with delight for how cute the show is, and then in the next moment be pissed as hell, or else tearing up at the betrayal and distrust that happens. There are certain episodes that Sean and other episodes that were utter trash. And oftentimes right in the middle, uh, you could be splicing in these very massively inconsistent emotions in one episode. So I didn't even know how to feel about or how to feel when I was watching this drama.
1: You know, what's really funny about that, too, is Karen, you're saying you really liked the interactions, like the sweetness between the two when there was sweetness. In the book, there is literally nothing when they were in uh, the realm of yes, you will on that that I recall, like off the top of my mind, to say yes, this was really cute. <laughs> Most of the storylines that I remember are, you know, when it was very heart wrenching. So I guess to that point, the inconsistent tone for the drama really just took me out. As I was watching this, I was like, huh. Is this in character with the two of them? I don't think so, but maybe I'm just mixing between the book and the drama. I guess in the drama, it made sense for those specific episodes. But in the back of my mind, I was also like, uh, when did Tan Taiji become such like a nice person? Well, that was
0: a lot to say about the main couple, but I do want to spend some time chatting about Chen Ling and Deng Wei. Chen Ling, I have said many, many times, is stunning. She is so beautiful, and this drama did a fantastic job in making her look absolutely gorgeous. But both she and Dongwei, I have to say, I'm sorry to say, were horrible in acting. There's actually uh, a lot of controversy and I feel like there's going to be controversy for it here because online conversations have been extremely pro Chen Duoling, but I'm sorry, her acting as Ye Bingchang and Tian Huan I thought were extremely wooden. Her beautiful costumes and hairstyles just couldn't even draw me in. I felt no interest whatsoever in most of her scenes, and she did a little bit better in her last character as Mo Niu, but by that time I really just didn't care. Don't even get me started with Deng Wei. His facial expressions for anger and sadness were pretty much indistinguishable. And oftentimes he just stared off into the distance without much emotion. Of the main cast, he was certainly the weakest. (laughs) There was a scene when he cried because he experienced some betrayal. uh, And it literally just seemed like someone placed uh, teardrops in his eyes for those tears to come out in those scenes. He had no facial expression whatsoever. I also, please forgive me, Kathy, somebody please help me understand why there was so much hype and defense for Chen Dooling's character in the drama. Tian Huan, in particular, straight up murdered an entire clan because she was jealous that Sang Jiu was getting all of the affection from Ming Ye, and she wasn't. And it's like, is that a normal response? No. So why are you being so forgiving fans to Tian Huan and for Ye Bing Chang? She, major spoiler alert here. Killed her grandmother because she was upset that her grandmother favored Ye Xi Wu. How is this a redeemable character more so than Tan Tai Xin and Ye Xi Wu? I understand that Ye Bing Chang was mistreated as a child as well, but to turn around and kill your grandmother when... She moments before actually did show kindness to Ye Bingchang later on in life, right? Or they had this conversation where the grandmother was like, "I do care about you. Your older or younger sister is also trying to care about you." But then in the next moment, Ye Bingchang poisons her grandmother. Like somebody, please tell me why you support Chen Ling's character of Ye Bingchang and uh, Tian Huan. I just don't understand it.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. I was kind of surprised at all of the media discussion with regards to Chen Duoling. I at first thought she had a lot of scenes in the drama. And then I go and watch the drama and say that, uh, no, she's barely in it. (laughs) She like shows up for a couple scenes here and there. And then she commits an evil act and then kind of just dies or like disappears so I also was very suspicious or kind of questioning my own viewership or viewing experience of why everybody was so obsessed with Chengdu character in addition most of the time for her at least they really amped up or like ramped up a lot of the evilness of her characters so that they were quite obvious in the book they're not as obvious on sc- um like as the events are unfolding, so that you're kind of like, "Oh, she's not as bad. But then when everything turns south, then you realize her hand in these events. I personally didn't really like how they made it, so that it was extremely obvious that Ye Bing Chang had all of these ulterior motives. and that just made it go going, going back to the earlier point, like these were just such low effort schemes that you're like, hey, Every single character should have just, you know, used their brains a little bit more. To that point, Karen was obviously annoyed at Chen Duling and Thung Wei's portrayals in this drama. I wasn't as annoyed, I'll, I'll admit. However, the person who I was quite disappointed at was actually Bai Lu. Her portrayal did nothing for me with regards to this drama. In the book, Li Su Su was a bird fairy who committed To her mission of rescuing the world. When she traveled back in time 500 years ago. She was alone. Not quite. There was like kind of a spirit talking to her. But Li Susu for all intents and purposes was alone. She was scared and tried her hardest to befriend Tan Taijin. At the same time she was scheming against him. So that she could save the world. This goes back to this point. Her goal was to save the world. Not to focus on the lovey dovey relationships. In the book, I feel like she embodied kind of what it meant to be a fairy and a goddess. She had a mission. She was here to save the world and to make sure that the future world wouldn't be in um, wouldn't be destroyed. In the drama, Bilo's portrayal was basically like we had an episode of her seeing everybody she loved die. And then she travels back in time and immediately is like, I'm going to be this, I don't know, like arrogant young woman and then just like bully everybody. Like she didn't, she didn't bully Tantai because she knew that she had to save him. But like her portrayal, she was like too quick to embrace this. And I was like, wait, so did I just see that first episode as a fever dream or something like that? And you're over here being like, as I don't know, like un-fairy-like as un-goddess-like as possible i will you know how i put this is i will contrast this to the other goddess shen nui in the later episodes this is the character who is her mother and she's portrayed by zhang zhi and the entire time i was watching this drama and i was like i kind of wish that we had zhang zhi come here and portray li Su-Su because she kind of to me was that had that regal presence to say I'm here to rescue you but then at the same time I feel sorry for you and I will at the same time be able to fall in love with a character such as Tan Taijian. During this drama when I was was watching with Bai it was like as we mentioned it turned into sort of comedy and then all of a sudden turned very serious but then the entire time I couldn't really place what it was that Bailu was trying to tell us the character or us, the audience of what she was trying to do with this character. Karen, I don't know if you have the similar thoughts.
0: I thought Bailu's portrayal was yeah, I mean, I feel like I tried to look past it. I didn't have as many thoughts because I didn't read the book. Though certainly some of the motivations for Bylo's character, the Susu and Yesiwo were a little questionable. It just didn't hit the mark as much as I would like would have liked it to. As a side note, we haven't really talked about this in a while, uh, or at least for something as a as a ding is that I wasn't super enamored with the soundtrack. It was rather mediocre. When the drama first came out and the soundtrack was revealed, everyone was extremely excited since the set list had a lot of heavy hitters. But in my opinion, only one song, Yao or Mysterious Bird by Saji really stands out and I have that song on replay. The others are all just like, eh. Given how much I loved the Starry Love soundtrack and how popular other fantasy drama soundtracks have been, this is rather a disappointment for the production value of this drama. So that is to say, very mediocre soundtrack. All right, let me turn to my last rant for this drama, for this session. Uh, it really is what I did not like heading into the end game was the choppy last third of the drama due to editing issues. Now, again, here there are major spoilers. So apparently there were 18 episodes cut from the final version of the show. What that meant was that a lot of the drama, especially in the last third of the show, was missing. While I did try to give the drama a pass earlier on for cutting some cute moments here and there because the issue is that there were so many behind the scenes video clips that would re- that were released by the production company, by Yoku, and also by fans who um, were you know watching the cast while they were filming this drama that I was like, okay, fine. If there are cute episodes that were cut or cute moments like a kiss scene here and there that was cut, it's not a big deal. However, it was painfully obvious that heavy chunks of the drama were missing by the end. Apparently, there was a storyline with uh, Nian Bai Yu and Yue Fuya. There was supposed to be a love story or romance there. Totally cut out. But they ended up, if you see in the drama, they're standing next to each other and just like working together quite a bit. So you're like, hmm, what's going on there? Pian Yan and Ye Ting Yu's love story resolution also cut. But this is something that I really was annoyed at because Li Susu and Tang jiu they headed off to uh, the Jing Kingdom to defeat some demons. And they meet Ye Yu there posing as the Jing Kingdom's emperor for 500 years. And that reason like why he was there for 500 years was largely left out even though there were actually flashbacks in later episodes referencing this stuff that might have happened in those scenes so I was like okay if you're just gonna try to cut out this entire storyline you need to figure out the editing at the end but they couldn't round it out also there were so many behind the scenes clips of Ye uh, Yu's character like fighting for something his hair turned white and so you're just like oh I'm excited to see that and in the final version of this drama we don't see any of that so this for me is um telling me that I should not go into the drama following it and watching all the behind the scenes clips because I will be so disappointed severely disappointed with everything that's being uh cut out <sighs> that is to say, I am very sad with how much was left out of the final version of the show.
1: See, that is also an area where I was absolutely confused about because quite honestly, Yi Qingyu Yu and Pian Ren as characters were not, did not have a big part in the book at all. So then when he shows up 500 years later, I'm like, wait, you're human? What happened? Or kind of, it was just like, it just really didn't, makes sense between the episodes. At the same time, I'm going to talk about the ending right now. At the very end, Tan Taijin sacrifices himself. In the drama, we see that Lee Su has a daughter. I cannot fathom why the screenwriters or whoever made the final cut decided to leave it as this bad ending or B.E. As in, there is no... Reunion between the couple Because I will spoil it In the book Su <laughs> Susu spends A thousand years to try and find Pan jin And at the end Of a thousand years Due to kind of One reason with one of Pan um, Jin's pets Or like pet lion essentially Pan Jin is able to reincarnate And they have a whole reunion Between the two of them, as well as their daughter. So I currently do not understand why they chose to end it where they did. But the whole like last couple of chapters in the book is about the fact that the daughter, his daughter, you know, really, really wanted a father and then they were able to have this happy ending. So I am very pissed off at (laughs) what they, what we got.
0: Oh, that tiger had a few badly CGI moments in the drama and then totally disappeared. I had no idea why that tiger was in the drama at all. <laughs> okay, let's turn to what we did like about the drama. That was enough bashing. Hopefully it didn't turn you off entirely. But there are some good things about this drama. For one, really is Luo Yunxi's acting. Mm-hmm. Of the main cast, the main male lead, Lo Yunxi, had the best acting of the bunch. He played multiple characters in the drama, and with the help of different makeup and costumes, I did feel drawn to each distinct version of himself, despite people thinking he's too thin in this role. He is able to skillfully use distinct parts of his face, for example, to express the tiniest of emotions. Small twitches of his lips or his eyebrows were enough to present his subtle feelings. In one moment, he could be full of hatred and you're worried he'll turn into the devil god. And in the next, he'll present his more tender and softer side. I actually connected to Tan Taijin as he was trying to stave off the expectations placed on him as the potential next devil god when all he really wanted was to be loved and uh, have love. So for me, Luo Yunxi really saved a lot of this drama. My favorite parts of this drama, to be honest, <laughs> outside some of the cute scenes between Luo Yunxi and Bai Lu were actually, uh, was actually the Pian Ran and Ye Qingyu love story. So that storyline for me was the most quote unquote normal uh, because this Spock spirit and the handsome general Ye Qingyu had the ability to actually talk and just went for it even though you know, there might have been some other considerations, but they didn't have as many trust issues as Tan Taijin and Ye Qi Wu. I am extremely annoyed that the resolution for their relationship was axed on the chopping block, so we don't see the final results. Though I do suspect that something happened where, spoiler alert, Pian Ren sacrificed herself to save Ye Yu. But 500 years later, I do think the original cut of the drama shows them being back together, somehow able to revive Pian Ran so that Ye Qingyu and Pian Ran would have their happy ending. I wanted that to be showed on screen, but, you know, we don't have that. Um, I loved their progression of their storyline so much more than Ye Chang and Xiaoling's storyline, and oftentimes Ye Wu and Tan Taijin's storyline. At least Pian Ran and Ye Qingyu actually talked most things out, and due to the drama, I am now a fan of Pian actress, Swin Zhenyi. She is quite young, but uh, was also stunning in this drama.
1: Karen, thinking about it, I think there's a reason why so many actresses who portrayed like a fox spirit go on to become big celebrities. Think about it, Yang Mi and Dili Raba, because the fox spirits A, can be very sexy, but B, are also extremely intelligent and can, you know, know their minds. So it's not like we have, you know, Lee Susu over here thinking about saving the world somehow. Pianna is over here is like, I know what I want and I'll get what I want. (laughs) The
0: last thing that really is the best part about this drama What makes this drama so, or at least palatable to watch, is that this drama is so beautiful. The costumes and the hair accessories. This is what a big budget fantasy drama should look like. All of the costumes in this drama were so stunning. Not just for the women, but for the men as well. You could just tell that everything was intricately made for the cast to wear. And honestly, I think a higher score for this drama is given just because of how beautiful everyone looked and the makeup. I personally loved, loved, loved the earrings. I cannot say more about how much I loved the beautiful earrings in this drama. Um, And so I will look back to this drama for the beautiful costumes and like the set photos and everything. And then lament that it was not as beautiful of a total drama as it could be or living up to how beautiful the costumes were.
1: Fun fact, a lot of the inspiration for the gods and goddesses that we see in the drama come from the Dunhuang paintings of gods and goddesses found in the western parts of China. So if you'll take a look, there's distinct flows of their hair of how um, they fly that are reminiscent of Dunhuang dances and of those paintings that we see in those caves in Dunhuang. So I thoroughly enjoyed watching those parts um, and catching those within the drama itself. But as we said, the storyline itself was rather meh.
0: I'm just going to close out with a stray observation in that um, in the first third of the drama, in the dream world, Sang Jiu, the main uh, female lead by Lu's character in the dream world, basically drugged Ming Ye, or Lu yun character, to uh, spend the night together. Hmm. Even though Ming Ye probably didn't mind, but that was a huge no-no, and it is probably not legal. <laughs> the drama tried to foster some well-meaning themes, but man, did it fall short. That in and of itself was like, ooh, that is not something that you do. Do not, <laughs> do not take lessons from this because you will end up in jail if you try this in real life. <laughs> also, I have realized that I absolutely despise the trope. Even though I love you with all my heart, I need you to hate me in order to save the world. That is the cheapest or just the, the lowest of ways to try to save the world. Okay. I feel like fantasy dramas need to stay away from that. This drama, um, and also love between fairy and devil and so many fantasy dramas do this. And I'm like, you need to
1: stop. Right. Going back to Karen, your earlier point, when I was watching this scene, because I don't think this happened in the book, maybe I just like blanked out on it. I was like, wait, maybe it's Tian Huan posing as Sang Xiao. It wasn't until afterwards where I was like, oh, 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 this really happened. I think in my brain, I was like, there's no way this is going on right now. Okay,
0: well, that is it for our podcast episode. It was a long, winding rant um, about this drama. Let us know what you thought, um, if you agree or disagree, but uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so
1: much for listening, and we will catch you all in the next podcast episode.